Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with a quiet talk for you. There comes a time when you have that encounter that can change your life. Often it only comes once. Have you had such an encounter? Perhaps by chance you met that one with whom you would end up sharing your life. Or maybe you just happen to bump into somebody who offers you a job that is the springboard to great opportunity. The important thing is to realize just what's happening when the fateful encounter takes place, and of course, to know how to respond. But there is an encounter that's even more important than these I've mentioned. There is one whom you must meet and with whom you must transact vital business. Of course, his name is Jesus. Jesus comes to us. Some people look at religion as man's effort to find God. Perhaps that's a good definition of religion. But unlike all human religions, meeting Jesus Christ is not our idea. If you have met him, it's not because you were looking for him, even if you think you were. He is always previous. He was looking for you long before you had any thought of him. Jesus' favorite title for himself was Son of Man. Even though as the Son of God he had come from heaven, he emphasized the humanity he had taken on when he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. In Luke 19, we read the story of a man's encounter with Jesus, the Son of Man, that was striking in its result. The man's name was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a rich man. He had made his money in a manner that was considered quite questionable by his countrymen. He was a tax collector. He collected taxes from his fellow Israelites for the Romans. This did not make him popular, but it made him very rich. One day Jesus passed through Zacchaeus's hometown of Jericho. Zacchaeus had heard of Jesus. He wanted to see him. But Jesus was being thronged by many people. And Zacchaeus, as it turns out, was a short guy. But he was not deterred. He climbed a tree in order to get a glimpse of this miracle worker from Nazareth. As Jesus passed by, he looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Jesus was a guest at Zacchaeus's house. The encounter changed the life of this tax collector. He said, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. This man didn't just say some cheap religious words. He took action. He showed by his works that his heart had been changed by the man from Galilee. This was the real deal. Jesus added his Affirmation by saying, Today, salvation has come to this house. But it's what Jesus said next that I want you to really notice. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus probably thought he was the one 
seeking. After all, he climbed up into a tree, not a very dignified thing for a rich man to do. He meant business. But the fact is, before Zacchaeus had any thought of trying to meet Jesus, God was seeking after him. And this is true for all of us. If today you are thinking about seeking the Lord, it's only because he has been seeking you first. As John explained, we love him because he first loved us. Have you encountered Jesus Christ? Jesus comes to us and says, I offer you eternal life. Will you take it? I offer you salvation. Will you receive it? I offer you forgiveness of all your sins. Will you accept it? And we say, what do I have to do? Shall I give a generous donation to the poor? Shall I pray for so many hours? Do I need to attend church so many Sundays in a row? What good thing must I do to get this eternal life, this forgiveness? And Jesus replies, you only have to receive it. It's a gift. I have paid for it myself already. I paid with suffering and blood and death. I gave up my life so you can have this gift. The reward for sin is truly death, but the free gift of God to you is everlasting life. Our problem is that we don't want a gift. We want to earn it. We want to make a deal, enter into a transaction. We like to think that we can handle this. I can fix things. I don't need any charity. This problem is really called pride. And pride is what keeps many people from receiving this amazing gift of God. One of the things about the teaching of Jesus Christ that so struck the people of his day, especially the learned ones, was the way he so naturally and easily referred to Almighty God as his Father, as our Father. John tells us that his adversaries sought to kill him because he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. He taught us to begin our prayer with the words, Our Father in heaven. He told his disciples that their material needs would be met because your heavenly Father knows all your needs. He said, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Our heavenly Father delights to care for us. He daily manifests his love for us. There is nothing like holding a newly born baby for the first time. How anybody can see a child born into this world and not believe in God is beyond me. As a father, I have had this privilege nine times. It never got old. It was never routine. It was always awe-inspiring. You hold that precious, tiny thing, and as you do, the question could honestly be asked, why do you love that little crying baby so much when you take it into your arms for the first time? What has he ever done for you? 
Has he cleaned his room, washed the dishes, been respectful and obedient when you gave him instructions? No. As a matter of fact, he naturally makes messes that his mother has to clean up more than once a day. He wakes you up in the night. He shows no concern whatsoever for your convenience, your comfort, your schedule. So, why do you love this baby so much? Why did I love each little child that was handed to me after I watched their mother go through such agony to bring them into the world? The answer is simple. I love that baby because he is my child. That's it. I love this baby because he's my baby. I naturally love my own son or my own daughter. Someone who doesn't naturally love their own offspring is a sad person indeed. So if this is true, if we sinful humans love our own so much, how much more does the Heavenly Father love His children? My friend, God loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you not because you've cleaned your room or washed the dishes or done anything else at all. He loves you because He is a loving Heavenly Father. It is His nature. You are secure in His love. If today is the day of your encounter with Jesus, if you realize that He has been seeking you even when you weren't really thinking about Him, I urge you with all my heart to say yes to Him. Receive the costly free gift of salvation. Receive this gift that was purchased for you at such an awesome price, the very blood of the Son of God who was delivered up that you might have eternal life. Heavenly Father, help us to see that you are seeking us. You are reaching out to us. You are seeking to bring us into that relationship of love, of forgiveness to bring us into the hope of eternal life. And I pray you'll do this for all listening to my voice today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, dear friend, for praying for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall, which is at 1809 Union Street, Schenectady, the corner of Cornelius. And if you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you Sundays at 10 a.m., as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.